Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode 18 of the KDH podcast. We've got another big guest on today. Today, we are joined by Spencer Brown. How are you doing, mate? I'm not too bad. Good, man. Good. And all, so it's the same as the last time when I had Sam on. Usually I have a topic. Today, the topic's you, mate. We're going to drill you with some questions and then hopefully have a good few chats as well, mate. So I'll start off, man. Um, also, before we get started, guys, make sure you do screenshot the podcast. And uh, I'm doing hand gestures as if people can see this video right now. Um, before, you do, know, before you do get started, make sure you're screenshotting the podcast, tagging both me and Spencer on the podcast as well. That way we can get the message out there a bit more. So, mate, what's your story and where are you now? What's my story? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a professional Thai boxer from uh, urban Scotland. And I've been, I spent the last, best part of the last three years in Thailand and Bangkok. Um with a company Yorkow that I'm sponsored by and uh, which have the best guys in the, in the country um, so I've been living and training with them basically day in day out for the past three years uh, did Thai boxing since I was 14 just turning 15 and then as soon as I finished high school I just left for Thailand and that was it Decent, that, was the, that was history as they say yeah no, that's cool, man. So what was the, what got you into... I'm looking at the other question. I don't want to jump ahead with other questions, man. I hate ruining my, my wee rhythm. Um, but what, what was it that, like, what drove you towards... me? I was I was sitting looking up. I feel like I feel, like, phony. I was going, is it Mai Tai, Mu Tai? How, what, like, Mai Tai. Mai Tai. I know. Mai Tai, I think. I know. I know. What pushed you towards it, mate? Eh... Well, I stumbled across it. I always wanted to box when I was younger. Um, I was, I was, uh, I was always good with my hands. <laughs> if I can put it that way. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what was it? Um, I did karate when I was younger, and uh, that I, I gained a lot from that. More discipline-wise, more than, rather than like self-defense or anything like that. But I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the discipline aspect, the the just the routine and everything like that. Um, I did that when I was in. I don't mean what age are you when you're in primary two, primary three. Wee guy. So I was, done, I was tiny, yeah. Tiny wee guy. And um I done I was quite successful in that and uh, I was good at the fighting that fighting part of it. Surprise, surprise. Not so much in the, the cafe where you had to remember things and do like a routine. I, I didn't really have much time for that. Yeah. And um although I respected it, it just wasn't my thing. Uh then went on to do gymnastics for six years after following my sister, as you know. She went to do gymnastics up in Largs, and then I saw these guys bouncing and jumping all over the place. I thought, mm, I'll try that. Did that for six years. And then uh, getting the train up to the school, because I had went to school in Glasgow, so I had to get two trains to get to school and two trains to get back uh, back home. And then a friend of mine that was on the train, you probably know him, Cameron Quinn. Yeah. He, uh, he was doing Thai boxing just for um, fitness. Yeah. And... Uh, I convinced my mum because my mum was always like, no, 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 you're not going to do boxing. You're not going to do boxing. Don't mess up that face. Although, fuck. And uh, it was even worse back then. I, had, I grew into my teeth now and before. I had this big <laughs> man. Glasses and and, uh, but she would let me go and play rugby against these massive big guys and get battered all over the place. And I uh, eventually convinced her to go like, well, I'm going to go do Thai boxing. Just just one class. Like It's just going to be fitness. It's all this and that. It's just one class. And I knew I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew exactly I'm going to go there and this is what I'm going to do. And uh, went and done one class and fell in love with it and that was it. Yeah. Six, no, like, see, I keep thinking it's like six years. It's like, well, that was, I'm 15, I'm 23 now. So what? Eight years. Eight years. Fucking hell. Yeah, eight years. Time Later. flies when you're having fun, mate. Man, 
Kicking folk in the face. Getting kicked in the face. I getting kicked in the face. I seen a, a picture on your Instagram. If anyone doesn't follow Spencer, what is what's your tag on Instagram, mate? Uh, Spencer underscore uh, Yoka. Cool. So look, I'll tag him in a post anyway. You can find that. And I seen a picture, and it was literally you put up, and it was like spare ribs. Anyone? And I was like, your ribs actually look like spare ribs for the Chinese. Oh, yeah. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, not... was... How did that feel after? Like... That was so... that looked. It looks a lot worse than it actually felt. Yeah. Well, I say that, and then after the fight, I was in pieces. Um, but it was more everything else hurt more than my back, to be honest. Um, I was lucky because it wasn't catching my ribs. It was I've quite I've got quite big uh, lat muscles um i've got quite a big back and i was lucky that i just i would and i knew that so when he was kicking me i just twisted slightly that he would land on my muscle and um he was he smashed up i looked like bloody beef olive and um and everyone was going oh like he's really sore that was fine like i hurt my shin in the first round i thought i broke my shoulder in the second round i couldn't punch with my right arm i couldn't kick with my right leg so i had to go like for the full fight with just like one arm one leg and just kind of like go for it basically but um that those bits don't hurt so much it's the it's the it's the ones you don't see that hurt the most you know yeah. so people see like big cuts and the big bruises and the black eyes or the broken nose that doesn't hurt it's the it's like a pop or something i threw i threw a jab one time in a fight and the guy threw an overhand but my arm got caught in between and my arm basically popped in and popped out oh. and uh and i thought well, again i thought i broke my arm which i did but dislocated and popped back in and that was agony like even during the fight, and you've got a lot of adrenaline going through you, but that was painful. And um, so it's the things you don't see so much. So it's don't don't take what you see with a grain of salt. That stuff doesn't hurt. It's the wee bits inside that you don't actually know. Uh, you it's like, when you, it's well. like when you stub your pinky in your bed. It's like exactly. It's uh, so yeah, pain. Yeah, I get hit with an elbow <laughs> across the face. Not a problem. See if I get a paper cut. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, so see like one of the things that like one of my clients were talking about this today and they were saying like and it's one of the things i'm actually on a podcast after this as well and it's talking about mental resilience and stuff like see obviously you being a fighter a professional fighter like the resilience that you like you pick up to being hit do you think that that's like matt like yours is pretty your threshold's pretty high now because of that well there's pain threshold and then there's the so there's two different things there's mental resiliency then and then there's pain threshold. There's pain threshold in terms of just being able to take punishment in terms of like dealing with pain. So like my pain threshold for sure went up. I didn't really notice it until when I was in school and we played again. Again, I played a game of rugby and uh, I smashed into a guy and the, the two of us went flying back, but we clashed shins and he was writhing in pain because the pair of us like rattled our shins together. I don't know how we did it, but but I felt the pain there and I stood up. And I could I, I could process it a lot better, and it was like a real heat. Like I felt it was really really painful. He was like in tears, and yeah. I'm looking at him. And I'm going, all right, <laughs> that's new. I mean, that's new. Okay, yeah, I can deal with this a wee bit better. Plus, the whole gymnastics thing as well. That was a lot of pain, and like they would have you hanging on a bar, and you would stand there in tears. If you drop the like, you have to do fifty pull-ups. If you drop, you need to go back and do fifty pull-ups again. Doesn't matter if you did forty-nine. So you had to get that into your head. Um, like that was only a few days they would do that. They weren't fucking just brutalizing us. Um, like. <laughs> <laughs> they like the Chinese. The Chinese are very like abusive, shall we say. Yeah. And they, they look up to them, which isn't really the best thing. But um, it was, yeah, my pain threshold's definitely gone right up. But um, mental resiliency is something that you're right. You can, you can develop and you can get better at. 
it's not just something you're born with. People like think that it's mental strength you're born with. It no, no, of course you're not. not. It's just totally not. You can you can just build it up. It's progressive overload. It's the same. It's the same sort of thing. Um, getting punched in the face is a different thing. Yeah, for mental resiliency. Now that is a different thing when you have to you get clocked in the mouth, you get that taste of blood, someone's there, <clears> red eyes, and you've got to ask yourself a question, do I want to be here? Now that's a different thing. That's something that you can't really quantify so much, you know? Some people just have it, some people don't. Some people can develop it over time, just through immersion, where they actually start to kind of get used to like, okay, I understand where, I'm, where I am now. But for sure, uh, my mental resiliency has went up and it continues to go up because what I did two years ago was toffee now compared to what I was doing now, you know? Yeah. So, and at that time it was, it was, it was horrible. Like I was, I, I was crawling on the ground with it. Whereas now it's not, not a problem, but that's also just through experience. You've been there, you've done that, you, you know how to process that, you know? So yeah, definitely my mental resiliency has went up. Mental strength went up, pain threshold, maybe at the moment, cause I've had a bit of a layoff, went down a bit and getting a bit soft. But that's when you, you do a little checkup and you, you put yourself through some bad shit and then yeah. uh, you, you go again. Your shins off some trees or something, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to find for that. People like rolling it. It's just stupid. Yeah, it's mental. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things. That, you know what's funny? I was I was out running recently and I was running up a route that I remember like when I was younger and I, I really, I just always wanted to be like, even when I was young and I wanted to, I looked up to people that were like savages. See someone that was like a, that person's a, a savage, I, and I still do. I still like and and like I, I like that. Like I like just that person. It's like it's people that are just going out and getting after it, and they don't need to be and stuff. And I, I just respect that. I just I think it's admirable. I don't like folk might think that's weird. I think it's admirable. And it was running up a, a stretch of road that I remember. Me and my cousin ran up for his house to the. It was when we were young, and he played football at the time. And I was never athletically, never ever athlete like an athletic person. I younger, I played football, done karate. I wasn't good at it, mate. Like, totally, I'm the sort of person that was, like, get picked last. Like, I was just, I am not athletically gifted. Um, and I really had to work at it. And it was funny, I ran up this stretch, and I was doing, like, I was, like, intervals, man. And I ran, like, a, near enough a five-minute mile up it. Um, and I was, like, obviously, that was really, really tough. But, I mean, I'm, like, I remember going up That's that, and it was, like, that the full run was structured around that one-mile run, and I'd be blown at my ass. And I was only young, but you're going... God, like the thing is, people get so caught up in the process sometimes, like the program. And as you said, it's progressive overload. It's like the more consistently you do something, you just you look back at things and you go, "Fucking hell, man!" That is actually once you really yeah. see that improvement, and, and it's things that you said that like, it, it could be something like you. The pain threshold was it was a clash. You went, "Fucking hell, I'm actually not a ball," and this guy's actually crippling pain. You're like, "Oh, well, I do this frequently," um, mm-hmm. and I can imagine as well as you said, like time away. Um, you're going to have to readapt, not fully. You're never going to, the, the journey, I always say to everyone, the journey back to where you're going to be is never as long as what it initially took. Um, exactly. So it won't be long, mate. As you said, a couple of harshings and you'll be all right, man. Some wintering, uh, you'll be good. Yeah, that's winter, wintering. That's that, like that's the one, a wee bit of Ross Edgley in there. I like yeah, it. Mate, I just name drop him in every podcast, man. He's good. Just average. I know, I need, I need to get him on the podcast. Um, I know, I need to see, I'm just going to keep sending them clips saying, I keep name dropping you, you need to be on here. Um, it's, you're, you're making a fool of me now, Ross. Um, so what's, what's day, like you lived obviously Thailand for the, so see obviously you're back home right now, is that due to COVID? Uh, yes, I know. Well, last, mid last year, 
I started seeing, well, yeah, I started seeing these flashes of light in, uh, in my eye. And we thought it was like a, a torn retina or a damaged retina. It ended up turning out to be like multiple concussions throughout the years that have like, accumulated and I've started getting these flashes of light. So um, I basically get decommissioned, like fucking sit down, chill, take your time because you don't want to fuck with your brain. Obviously, I had to get eye tests, MRIs, everything done like to check like there wasn't anything structurally wrong with me or if there was a tumour or anything like that, you know, so... It's been a bit of a, a bit of a fucking journey. So there's that mental resiliency. So any any time I had off of training has been time in my own head. So which I had things like that before. I had I nearly lost I nearly lost my leg at one point in Thailand because I got a, a bacterial infection. I got yeah. cellulitis in my chin, and uh, they're like, right, well, you could get septicemia. You may die because uh, it was I left it a couple. I left it a bit too long, and cellulitis like hits you hard. If yeah, you, yeah. You don't really. And uh, I was I was really lucky I got it at the time I did because it was moving upwards and it was going towards my knee. And if it gets into your, your joint, forget about it. Because they said if it gets into your bone, don't uh, we don't even think about it. We just a clean amputation. Yeah. And I was like, okay, no problems. Like, okay, that's... I like my legs. So nice. <laughs> yeah, but um, but that wasn't too too bad. And for me, it's if I know what's the problem, then I can move towards it. With this, was a big problem because we didn't know what it is. We still don't really know what it is. But um, like I already, I've already done the work on myself when something like that was to come up that it doesn't just break me, you know. So mental resiliency is something you can actually learn, like through books, studying and stuff like this, yeah. and develop tools, tools and tips, like Ross Edgley, these sort of guys, Goggins. But I prefer you, you're better off to learn from people like Ross Edgley, someone who can do the most crazy shit with, with a smile on his face. Yeah, yeah. Now that's who you want to learn from, you know, not just someone that can just muscle through things, but you fuck you my motherfucker let's do it yeah yeah the guy that can do it by smiling his face and see his peace and sort of thing exactly not get ill not nothing that's the one you want to learn from but not even just the physical aspect but the mental aspect you know he did the swim and he was in the water six seven, uh, seven hours six hours at a time who the fuck does that I know even it's like crazy. If I now, you're constantly in the water and then another six times over you know mental mental that so is. I was I was learning a lot from him I was hearing a lot from him when he was doing his uh, swim. I was in a fight camp for uh, that sink pack when I smacked my back up. And uh, that fight camp was really strenuous. It was really hard going. It was like just on the pads alone, I was getting eight four-minute rounds with zero rest. It was just constant. I had to do like four or five-mile runs before the training. All like It was just a, it was a huge amount of volume. And it was just more mentally, mentally taxing than anything else. I could get my body through it, but mentally it was like, it was horrible. So I was watching his his uh, weekly vlogs, and they really, really They're helped good, me. They? I watched them as well. Amazing. I just I just watched them another week again. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they're they're amazing. Just even just his personality and just everything like he's just his outlook. That really helped me. So you can take little tips and tricks from people, you know, and put it into your own life. Definitely. Um. So I came home because of the head. Took some time, spent some time with the family, and then COVID kicked off and. Now we're all kind of stuck here at the moment, so yeah. I mean, global pandemics don't really help things, but it's it's been a selfishly it's been a blessing in disguise for me, you know. Like, uh, it's helped me actually relax because now no one can fight, you know. So so secretly yeah. I'm kind of going, well, keys, you know, because <laughs> now I can't fight. none of you can fight anymore. Done. Okay, I'm chill. But um, yeah. So it's about one in the two. No, no, definitely. Um, so what's a day-to-day life living uh, living as a professional fighter in Thailand? Is it like, what's, what's it like? Yeah, really not sexy. People <laughs> think, see people think it's the, 
the oh, training all day every day for like for your job that must be amazing <laughs> and I was living in the gym with the ties and and the gym that I was at had a lot we've got a lot of big names so it was like a lot of big egos a lot of like it's like, and then it's a hierarchy in the gym as well yeah I can imagine it's like a high gym it's a competency and a dominance hierarchy so like you've got to be competent but you've also got to be physically dominant in there as well because at the end of the day you're fighting one another Aye, and, it's, uh, it's fighting it's the most sort of barbarian like like it's, it's stripping like, it back to cavemen isn't it like it's, it's it's like it's like basically like we're all a bunch of gorillas and we're all basically fighting for the top spot and it's it is literally it's as close to that as possible it's literally walking in going especially if I see if a, if a pretty girl walked in I was about to say that, that. there <laughs> Yeah, I knew, I knew I was going to get a hard time. I was like, fuck, here we go. And uh, then everyone would posture up and be like, we would even, like, even out tell me as well, because I would work harder as well. Yeah. And, uh, but we would, it was all this posturing to get to the top. And But that, that out of that then produces uh, better results, you know, because you you're forced to work harder, you know? Yeah. So basically, it's, you wake up at six o'clock in the morning, you go out and you run, and it was anywhere between 10 to 12K. I would sh- I would shop well yeah we would do five five to twelve k's it depends on the day and depends on how tired you were and depends on how uh-huh. intensity the war was and stuff like that how hot it is as well um, but on average about ten k in the morning and then you would come back and do another two three hours of training um, so we would finish close to ten o'clock about ten o'clock we'd finish. Um, that would then consist again it's just the same as the afternoon but a little less intense more technique orientated uh, which would be pad uh, you go onto the bag you hit the heavy bag for like five five four minute rounds um where you shadow box before that skip shadow box go onto the bag then get your gloves on get in the pads do about three three four rounds in the pads in the morning and in the afternoon it was like five to seven to eight rounds in the pads um, and these aren't just like little tippy tappies this is like full going and um, yeah so we would do that in the morning you get something to eat go to your bed sleep and I would sleep right up until I would start, we would start yeah, training on 3 o'clock I'd wake up at 2 and I'd go get myself a coffee and then go to the gym and uh, this is when I was living out of it but and at that point you, you woke up at 3 o'clock and they were pulling you out the, 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 the bed come on take the move so you shuffled out and I opened the door and it's literally right in front of the, the, the ring. So there's a little shoebox. If you see any of the videos of us training or of me training on the ring, you'll see this little white box at the behind. It's like a little shoebox. That was our room for all the ties and all the fighters, everyone. Mate, um, the trainer. <laughs> 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 no idea. It was a lot of hard work in there, put it that way. Um, yeah. <laughs> it felt like a lot of hard work, put it that way. And um yeah, so that was us every day, six days a week. You get Sunday off, and um, twice a day, every day. So it was like three hours of pop. An afternoon session would go on maybe four hours, depending. We would start at three, and sometimes we wouldn't finish till seven, half seven. If you had a yeah. fight, a big fight, they would push you. So it's definitely not, um, it's definitely not sexy. It was it, the first three months I went out there. It was great because it was a good experience. You come back, had the fight. Came, uh, had to fight in England because I would fight twice a year in Bolton on a Yoko show and then I'd fly back out and then the next three months get harder and then you fly fight again you come back out next three months get harder because then they go harder on you as well you know they're just um, progressively overloading you aren't they that's all they're doing 
they're the, exactly, the, the masters at they're it. Testing they're testing you as well, though, because um, because I was living in the gym with them. I was like the only well, there was two of us at the time, but then one of the, the foreigners left, and I uh, couldn't really hack it. But um, so it's just left with me. So they thought, well, there's like that's the biggest target you could ever see in a gym. It's just this one, and I'm I'm near I'm more of a pale blue than anything else, and white. Yeah. So I stuck out like a, a sore thumb and it was just a big target so they'd all gun for you but at the same time that's when it has to come into a mindset it's either a growth mindset or you have this fixed mindset yeah you could look at it as like what's it's going to challenge me isn't it it's going to make me better and essentially like because I can imagine that like it's it's they do that they do Thai boxing from a young age don't they, they that is like they are I think it's about eight years old they start. and it, do they get females to do it as well not so many but yeah they there's some yeah. female fighters. Yeah. It's just pro. It's just it's it's proper within the culture to do that from yeah, a young yeah. age. It's a national sport. Same way, like yeah. football here, the way that we like, it's the same. So you then going out there to obviously be in a a, a scene that's dominated is obviously a big big thing. So, but um, it's good, mate. It's obviously it's it's done. It'll it'll have shaped you as a person. Do you know what I mean? It'll it'll be a big part of you. So that's a really really cool thing, mate. Um, and obviously you mentioned there about a training camp what what sort of duration do they do they run like well the ties don't don't do long long training camps at all you know they're always conditioned pretty high doing it since they're eight years old you know they don't ties don't tend to to train fully when they don't have a fight whereas foreigners we tend to train harder when we well not harder sorry we tend to still stay in the gym because we have to then develop more, but you know, think you don't have a fight right now is the time to really develop your skills, and when yeah. you do have a fight, that's when you get real fit, and you can then take those skills into the the, the camp, and then produce it into the fight. Whereas ties already have the skills there, you know, and um, just through years and years and years and years of drilling it in, um, so they'll have like a three three four week fight camp, whereas the foreigner would normally have six six to eight yeah. weeks. Yeah. Um, like I would, I would come into the gym after a fight. I always do. It. I, I still can't do it. Every time I have a fight, it's two days. And I'm back in the gym and I'm like going hard again. And they tell me, "Well, oh, calm down, calm down." And I'm going, "Well, no, I need to like, yeah, need to keep myself going. I need to do this, I need to do that." No, 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 no. You don't have a fight. Like, chill. Um, but I would still keep going. Like, I knew I had, what I had to do. And I had to refine my skills because I'm not just. I can't just sit there and fuck about like a lot of foreigners do. And um, and then they just get complacent. There's guys that have spent years and years and years and years out there and they're still shit, you know, because they've just not, they've not taken the time to really knuckle down on the technique, knuckle down on what they're doing. They get very complacent. Um, and that's just common in most sports as well. But yeah, I've seen it, I've seen it firsthand and mentally people can't hack it either just due to the volume as well. So um, my fight camp, I would say about six to eight weeks. Um, when I was younger, it was eight weeks. And then as you got a bit closer to it and the fitter you got and you keep that going, six weeks is like a good a good time cap because you don't want to, if it's too long, then you can right. either burn yourself out both physically and mentally um, if you don't structure it properly. And um, that's another thing in Thai boxing, people don't really structure things. They just kind of get to the gym and then you just go 100% and then you wake up the next morning and then you try and go 100% then, but that's really 80%. And then yeah. you get go back to bed, you wake up and then you go 100% again, which is actually 60%, so on and so forth. And I was, I'm still guilty of that to this day. I've overtrained pretty much 90% of my fight camps. I've yeah. overtrained. I think, but at the same time, you kind of need that in your head. You kind of need that that push, you know. If you don't, yeah. then you feel like you're not doing enough. There's no, there is no ultimate, like, uh, there's, one of the things I was reading up on recently, it's what I'm doing with my coach for like an Ironman next year is that 80-20 rule, 80% of your training at 
80% yeah. intensity or 60 or less and then 20% at like at an intensity which is pretty but then the thing is you know yourself like when you go into your absolute limits you know and it's just getting that right and there is no see when people say 80 percent, and i've had clients well i give them things for running they're going what does this mean and i'm like yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter that much like it matters but you like you'll know yourself what 110 percent is and you know yourself what 80 percent is and it's 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 a big difference there but um no that's interesting mate obviously good to hear about what i did yeah, you've got the luxury of that pathway, though, of, like, you're training a certain pathway for an Ironman, you know. You've got the it's, – it's more of an, uh, an aerobic pathway, you know, whereas Thai boxing, they're interlinked. You know, you've got to be able to go for a long period of time. Well, our training is a long period of time. It's, like, three hours plus, but the fight's only 15 minutes, you know. Yeah. But you've got to be able to have that that engine to, to last a long time in there because it's just so intense because you're using your entire body. When you throw a kick – you're using your entire body. It's a huge amount of energy that's, that taxes your system. And then you've also got to have that explosive power to be able to, if you if you see someone that's hurt whilst you're knackered, you've got to have that power within you to then go and finish the fight. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's people are still trying to figure out the best way to train for, for fights. The ties is like the, 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 the hallmark, but that's what's best for them. It's not always what's best for, for the foreigners. And I was the first hand seeing that and I was telling them, listen, I can't keep up with you guys doing this way. It's too much volume. It's too much steady, steady state cardio. I was getting skinny fat. I was like, I need to start lifting yeah. some weights. And I told them, I was like, as soon as you see me start lifting weights, you'll know. Like, and then I start, I got the gym, right, let's go to the, we got, uh, we had these uh, strength and conditioning coaches. Within two weeks, everything went, boom. I went like that, boom. And all of a sudden, I was just fucking jacked. Yeah. I, I respond really well to, to, to weights. And then, um, but I've got to keep the, the mix between the two. So it's, it's, it's a hard way to, to figure out what your 80% is when you, you're having to mix. Yeah, Sorry, what you're having, when you have to mix between the two. But it was, it was some mornings you just had to take, take the morning off and you had to just admit defeat to yourself, you know. That, that was the only way that you could survive that the next session, you know. So it, you've got to be able to – my whole thing was you've got to be able to pull back slightly, you know like pull back a lot I had to be the one to them, like get people to tell me to, when to stop not when to keep pushing and that was pushing wasn't a problem it was when to go back you know otherwise you just go down this yeah, actually it's counterintuitive you start going down the way you know Yeah. and that's been a recurring thing for most of my career and when I didn't do it when I didn't go overboard was when I had my best performances yeah well you look at some so of the all, best like endurance athletes or people that have done maybe like the like sprinters 5k runners like not even just running like, like even um fighting athletes like a lot of them will t some of them go i don't even like there'll be people that are like a hundred mile endurance athletes and stuff trail runners and they go i never run beyond 20 miles when i train like they, they, yeah. they and it's and it's like but the thing is they've built up that ceiling because they've done previous things it's not like they've never ran that distance but and it's it's that like if you train your body and, and the thing is you need to remember as well you said it yourself that 15 minutes it's 15 minutes why would you go and try and train like you did in that 15 minutes for a full day? You're, you're not yeah. going to be able to do that. And it's, it's, it's one of those things that there is no, there is no exact thing, but what you said there about getting back onto it as well, I think, I think in bo actual boxing, you see quite a lot of fighters why the training camps are probably longer is because they complete, some of them completely switch off like Tyson Fury, for example, when he, when he used to, I know he was going through a lot of bad times with his mental health and stuff. He would literally just stop after a fight. 
you know what I mean? Like literally yeah. just, and, and, and he would do a longer training camp, like 12 weeks, because he knew his fitness had got that bad. Whereas yeah. I would always be under the mindset of, I don't want to stop because I know personally it, it wouldn't be good for me mentally. Plus you look at some CrossFit athletes like Catherine Forrestotter, like right after the games, I was watching a documentary, documentary once and she was literally, everybody was getting drunk and all that. Mate, she was sat with Tupperware eating it. And I read her coach's book. It's a really good book, yeah. And yeah, She's Chasing Excellence. Fucking, yeah, chasing excellence, that's the one. Epic book. Fishing, fishing vegetables yeah, after the event. Literally, like, to, but to me, like, I, I think, like, me personally, I'm like, that's a bit extreme there. Like, I think there is, like, in, in speaking to Sam Briggs last week, she still said she, she gave herself flexibility in her diet. And I know from a nutrition standpoint, like, if you are nutritionally supporting yourself, like, like well-roundedness, you, it, to me, I'm like, each to their own. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that you should be... Goodness. You've got to be able to adhere to it, you know. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. But like some some folk are like like Catherine are extreme examples of just pure like that they can do that year round. They can literally but they, they, they live for that. Do you know what I mean? That is that's what they and they know that obviously that's part of it. And it's like but for me personally and and for anyone that is listening for we're talking like big levels here. Um obviously for Joe Average, for anyone that's just looking to lose fat, you don't have to cut any foods out of your diet. You just have to learn how to manage your calories and, and learn how to have a good relationship with food. What's that? I just had yeah. literally just before this, I just had a subway. It's all about your relationship with the food and the, the, if you have good nutrition principles, you know, then you can actually make up your own your own your own diet. How is it Ross Edgley? We'll call him Ross now because we're mates. Yeah. Um you get, uh, like nutrition principles basically as long as as long as you get the right the right ratios the right macros the right calories then you can pretty much eat whatever you want down to an extent to an extent especially after after workouts and stuff that's not like you just go fucking Ross Edgley said I can eat a pizza after a workout yeah, like, no. you want to fuel it's, for purpose don't you you want to make sure that yeah. you're not going to feel like a bag of dicks like and also, exactly, and also mentally if, if, if having a slice of pizza or having a pizza will allow you to then stay on the course then fucking have it, you know. Yeah. I've, 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 I've done it as well. I so, like what you said with um, Tyson Fury, but he would just stop. But he would do a twelve-week fight camp because he had to then get that back. But that's also because in in combat sports, it's weight related, right? So, the so like CrossFit athletes and stuff like that, they have a a bit of a luxury when they don't have to stand on a scale, or like all these or like endurance athletes, you have to stand on a scale and be a certain weight. That causes a lot of stress and a lot of a lot of stress to your relationship with food as well. Yeah. You know? So it's taken me only the past two, three years, not even two, three years, sorry, the past two years to even have carbs during workouts, intra carbs. Cause I thought, fuck, well, like it's, even though I knew, I've studied nutrition for the past five, six years, cause I was cutting weight as well. I, I still knew that, that there wasn't a problem there, but mentally I was still a bit, mm, should I do this? Should I do that? Cause maybe it might happen. This might happen. Like completely illogically thinking that it was then going to make me, hold on to some weight which if anything was going to fuel my performance even more which means I could then burn more calories and then lose more weight as a result you know mm-hmm. so it's all about your relationship I gave myself a pretty solid eating eating disorder when I was 16 because I, I cut weight uh, because of a fight the first the first time I actually got to fight on Yoko and uh, and I I threw myself into that 100% like I see now thinking about it I don't know how I even managed it like um, I wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I would go and run five miles. I'd wake. Uh, I'd come back. I'd be cooking my my, my meals for the day. I was Mister Tupperware for the past, for the next two months. Um, I'd cook my meals for the day. 
I would then get on the train, go to school, have the full first uh, full day of school. I would have an hour at lunch. I'd train at lunch. I'd have my my Tupperware at lunch. Then go home. Uh, get home at about five o'clock. Get a coffee. Then go to the gym and train from six o'clock to nine o'clock. Come home, study, wake up next morning, do it again. And I cut down to fifty three. It was 53 kilos. The fight was 53 and a half kilos. And I weighed in at 51.8. And I said, well, I'll send you the picture. I look like, uh, hmm. that's not very nice. I look, I'm ripped to shreds, but there's nothing on me. Like, yeah, it's not but healthy. I look, it was not healthy whatsoever. Mentally, I wasn't healthy either. But men- mental toughness in terms of fighting and performance, I was on point. Yeah. But my relationship towards food, and everything as a result of that suffered a lot and it fucked me up for a couple of years in terms of just my body like being able to to like process food properly even not process food but like my relationship with food uh my body being able to cut weight and stuff like this like it i could i could see some things that weren't weren't the way they should be as a result of me doing these weight cuts you know at a young age but again if i didn't do that and i didn't have that mindset at that time and I wouldn't be where I am at the moment so that's the blessing and the curse but you've got to you've got to find that balance if you don't think, then you can do some yourself action speaks better than words I always say that and I think like I always tell people that you're going to have to make not not to the point where you're borderline eating disorder but I mean and like the thing is you've been in an extreme situation or fighting at a, an elite level so and yeah. this is some of the things that come with it and I suppose like there should be maybe a wee bit more coaching in that area that way like like, and I feel like I, I say this about when you get people that are maybe um, what you would fucking personal trainers now that say things like I'm a fat loss transformation specialist or physique coach and you're like you're just telling someone to starve themselves let's be honest do you know what I mean but like I, I mentioned this in a podcast before like, like before me and John started working together my, my coach right now he sent me a, a, like a, a sheet saying like you're going to be working at this intensity when you do Ironman. Are you mentally tough to be doing some of these things? It was basically highlighting the severity. And I remember like when I went, uh, when I used to be in the forces, I went for this job, um, WISOP, Weapon Systems Operator. And I remember I turned up to the office and the officer was like, you do realize that being a door gunman on a Chinook, I didn't end up doing that job. Um, it was like, that is a very, very dangerous job in regards to, not that obviously the physical aspect of it, but they were like, the mental aspect of it, like you could have effects for life for like being some of the, the situations you could be in. Why isn't it that coaches that are sat down with prepping people for bodybuilding conversations, why aren't they having conversations like this about like you, you, you could potentially pick up a really, really poor relationship with food and you could be in a position like that. Me is that like my, my approach, I know that like, we're, but I'm talking like coaches that are doing it for dual averages do you know what I mean? Like yours was an elite level and it was like, that's one of the, one of the things as we've said is cutting weight, but I feel like there should be more focus put onto if someone's going to be like, Oh, you're going to be going down to this much body fat. It's like, this is what's required and you're going to experience X, Y, and Z. Are you ready for that? Do you know what I mean? Like telling a female that she might not get a period, um, mm-hmm. telling a female that like the hormones are going to get really messed about that she could be, she's more um, susceptible, but like, that's not the word. Um, she's more like, able to maybe pick up an eating disorder or if you're if you've got a fragile mind you're more like it's just all these i feel like it should i think people are are, are people are very poor uh well people are quite narcissistic and they think they can do things when they can't right they're, they're poor and they have the poor indicators of 
of what they can actually do. You say, can you go and do a half? Oh yeah, sure. I can do that. Yeah, of course I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, no, no, no. Like, no, mate. Like, I put this on writing. This is, these things could happen. Can you do that? Or are you willing to do it? Not can you do it? Are you willing to even go through some of these things? Yes. Right. Now you need to be the one. So then it comes down to personal responsibility. Like, it was also my fault as well. I, I, fl- I, no one was forcing me to do this. Yeah, right? no one asked you to do it. Situation, you know, I put myself in a situation. I, I was fighting people that were, and I fought the guy that I fought before was leaps and bounds experience above me. I had no real right being in the ring with them, but we battered one another uh, the first half because in me it was all mindset again. It's just all work, 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 work. So for me, it, I was well. I knew what I was going into. I knew I was going to have to get myself into a place where it wasn't particularly healthy. Because elite athletes are not healthy, right? We perform. We're not healthy, right? Like, when you get to a very, very high level and you have to perform at that high level, you're technically not that healthy. You're not a healthy human being. When you finish training and, like, guys that retired, then they actually start to realise, like, okay, that wasn't really so. That wasn't really a good place I was in. I think people are poor indicators of what they think that they can actually do. Um, but, again, it has to come down to them have, have just doing it, you know? You... You can only say to someone so much, you know, you can only point them in the right direction so much and then you've got to just let them go and do it. Um, at the same time, like, a lot of people, a lot of people think they can do it and then when it comes to actually doing it, they realise that it's not what they want and then they get themselves in a world of trouble. Especially, like, again, women's bodies are completely different to male's bodies, but male guys can have as many problems as well, like, with their hormones. It takes one thing going off, out of whack and then everything goes off, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think people are just... So, like, if they've done the studies where you would you would ask people, on average, how many calories do you normally take it within a day? And they're generally 500 to 1,000 calories off, up oh, and down. Yeah. So we're just poor indicators of... We're just poor at indicating how much we can do, can or do, or are actually doing, you know? So I think you need to then come in and... Yes, explain to them exactly what could go could, could go wrong, what could happen, how are you going to do it? Because you've got to have a plan at the end of the day. Like that's why when when I got the call, I was I was sat there, just about to open a packet of crisps, and I was sitting at maybe like sixty two kilos, sixty kilos, and they went right. But we need you to fight. And the last time I fought was fifty five kilos, and it was about a struggle to get to that weight. And it, it was a real struggle, put it that way. It was a real struggle to get to the weight because I was quite big at the weight and I was growing, I was getting older, but I kept forcing myself down because I was just, I was number one at the time at that weight. So I was like, right, one, well, it, it's gone. And uh, I'm, 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 I'm defending this, like I'm doing well here. And uh, they said, right, we need you to fight at 53 and a half kilos. They're not going to take the fight unless you cut down to 53. They basically wanted to starve me down so that they could then have an advantage because they knew that I was quite gone at 55 and I was big. So they went, there's no way he's going to get 53. And then I dropped the bag and I went, right, shit. The way I got to 55 is not going to work to get to 53. I'm, one, I'm going to get knocked out. Or they'll like, stop me with like body shots or something like that. Like My, my body would just be too weak. Like mm. There's a huge... There's, like So I, I had to be really honest with myself here. And then I had to hold myself accountable. I went, right, how are we going to do this now? Because like, if, if you do that the same way, you're lucky there because it was a couple kilos, but now that's a, a kilo and a half. Kilo and a half is a lot of weight when you're cutting down that low. And uh, that's that's a litre and a half of um, of, of water, right? Yeah. 
So that's that's a lot of water, a big Highland Spring bottle. And uh, so I had to hold myself accountable and I go, right, how am I going to do this? Chucked the, the crisp away, started researching. Like, bet, how, like just studying nutrition and how, how to drop my weight, how to do it as naturally and as healthy as possible because I knew I had to be as healthy as possible to get in there and fight. Because if I wasn't, if I wasn't healthy, well, as healthy as I could be at that weight, yeah, that yeah, efficient, yeah, exactly. And uh, and I got myself down to the weight, stood in the scales, fifty three, well, fifty one point eight. I turned and looked right at him. Face went chalk white. Holy shit! I went, yes, motherfucker. Like I did. <laughs> you thought that I was just going to try and rock up here and be like everyone else and just dehydrate myself? No, 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 no. Picked the wrong guy for that. Ended up losing. Still lost. Like it was a real close fight. It was by like one sweep that I put my fucking self down, and uh, but that's what then got me back on the show and again and again and again. You know, so yeah. um, if it wasn't for things like that, then I wouldn't be where I am. So again, grateful for it. But the process for me to get to that point, I had to be radically honest with myself and hold myself accountable. And because I didn't have anyone else telling me this, they just said that's the weight, go and do it. Even my coach, my coach didn't know how to cut weight. You know, my, I didn't really come from a technical gym, a well-known gym. My gym was a community centre just five minutes down the road. And then we got a little unit next to a garage. You know, it was a tiny little place with some mats. We had a bag and we had some pads and that was it. And you just worked hard. So it was down to me. I was in control of my own technique as well. I was the one studying online, going onto YouTube, watching tutorials, watching fights, watching this. How did they do this? How did they do that? I had to be the one in control of my diet. People then in the gym started to come to me for help from the diet because I was the one putting the work in. So you have to be, you have to be the one to 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 do the work for yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. No, you know? definitely. Especially I like that. Sport, you've got to be the one to do it. And if you want someone else, like there's one thing having a PT, but you can't go and spoon feed them their meals. You can't yeah. go and tell them to, like really get them to push that extra effort you can help them they can guide them the way there you know and you can push things you can get you can get them to a place where they can find something out about themselves they didn't actually think they had before but they're the one that has to do the job you know so people have to be very honest with themselves and know and understand what they're going to have to do you know and not many people want to do that because people want to work hard until they actually i wrote wrote a post about this last week and i said uh what is it um I was saying something like the secret success. I was like, no, I said, I basically, I was like, I'll be brutally honest. Like most people don't want it as much as they think they do. They think they do, but they don't. And it's like, what's required? Like people come to me for PT and it's like, let's talk fat loss, fat loss. I always say to everyone now, the first thing is you don't even need to be in the gym to lose fat. And I try and highlight that to folk because- Exercise is a terrible way to lose weight. It is, it's, it's, it's- it's actually shocking. Like, see, just totally or like a base in the exercise. I talk about this all the time, and it's like, like, um, and it's. I think this is what's massively wrong with industry as well. And it's immediately like, and I feel like sometimes I love getting the same questions all the time, but it can be so deflating when you're like, you're helping someone, and it's like two weeks down the line, they're like, I've and it's still just this focus on like the scales or something. And I was, like, I thought you're beyond That's this now, man. Do you know what I mean? I That's thought. It. It's it's uh, it's it's just folk get so caught up in certain things and it's I think it's great that people want to improve themselves but I always say to everyone like just focusing on weight loss is genuinely like a business just focusing on money it's the wrong thing like it's like a business doing well the reflection of it doing well is that the, its profit margins will go up it will see um 
areas of other areas of revenue coming in and stuff yeah but like at the end of the day if you just focused on that like your business would be pretty shit whereas if you focused on the other things that will happen as a byproduct you know what i mean and, and I, I'm, I'm that's one of my sort of big things as a coach right now but what i was saying there is when people come to me and it's like they think that hour with me is going to do it like like as if i'm going to fucking get them today like eight thousand calories in that session that's going to be that make the difference and you're like no like so do you walk and they're like oh no i don't like walking on my own and you're like well it'll really help like going out and just walking like what about my fitness pal oh if i'm not into that i don't, I don't get that and you're like what like wh-? yes, because it's not sexy it's not everyone wants that that pill you'd want to do it as a monetary value same thing people th- take it as like doing their job you get paid for they basically think that they get paid for their time you know I, I spend six hours in, in, at work I get paid X amount right if I spend X amount of time in the gym I'm going to get X back no yeah. not necessarily no. no you know it's it's more what you're paying yourself going in through your mouth you know yeah not that's going to fucking spill out of it you know yeah no, so definitely. people like to like to think they, they they want to do it like, like what I said a lot I've had it all I get the same sort of questions I get same calls and people turn up to the gym how do you do how did you do this how do you, like I want to do that like I don't want to I don't want to be like a dick or anything like this I don't want to sound like an asshole like I know for a fact that 99.9% of the people are not going to go through half the shit that I went through to, like what I, I did ah I can almost guarantee it like I was at my breaking point at times you know like very 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 close but you just kept pushing you kept going and I, and I saw it people came people tried it they went for like Maybe a month, two months, three months, four months. Okay, doing well. Boom. Nah. First hurdle. Okay. Six months, seven months. Boom. Another one gone. This one gone. This one gone. Way off to the islands. Okay, I'm going to go and train at the islands. Yeah, and I sat there with a fucking coconut in the beach. Right, okay, no problem. Like, if that's what you want to do, no problem. Like, you can you can kid yourself, but you can't lie to yourself, you know? You know when you're, you know what you're doing, you know? So you can't lie to yourself. You know when you're, you're having that Mars bar when you shouldn't have the Mars bar and then blame it because you're... Your PT is not good, you know. Fuck off. You're, it's just because you're not putting the work in, you know. So people, people, again, it's it's a, a mental resiliency thing, and also because going to the gym is sexy, but sitting there and doing like sitting there and cooking your meals or doing your nutrition properly isn't. That's why having a good relationship with food and understanding nutrition principles makes it easy, you know. Then yeah. you can actually spice things up. You don't have to have fucking boiled chicken and broccoli. Put some herbs and spices on it. They're free, you know. Yeah. You can do it once. Toss it up a bit, you know. Make a bunch of stir fries. Do all this sort of stuff, you know. People think it's very linear. And it's like it's got to be this way. No. Yeah. I don't think people it's think it's also. like a. I always say like a. It's this infinite like sheet of paper that's going to have this list of food on it, and you're like, no, it's not. It's just about having a bit of relationship with moving. And exactly. That's like, it. If you want the Mars bar, have the Mars bar. Just understand what it takes that that you're putting into your body and what you're going to have to do to make yeah. it to account for that you know I was uh, me and my girlfriend were in Glasgow the other weekend we went to a hotel and that and um, we were staying in the abode it was just a nice night we, went, we ate loads of food drank loads that night next day we got up and we went for a big breakfast and I had quite a big breakfast and I was sat there and I was like in the restaurant and I've been using this example quite a lot and that day in my head I was just going like cool I've ate a lot the past few days I'm not going to have lunch today and we're going to go a big walk about the city and then I started talking to Ailey about it and I went nobody else in here is thinking like that and not that you need to to, to move and, re- and I'm not trying to be like you need to be a fucking hamster on a wheel to earn your food I'm meaning um, like 
I'm just aware that I really ate a lot of food that weekend. But if there was there was maybe a let's say for example I had the full breakfast, which was class by the way, and then uh, the there was a maybe a, a small female on the table across me, half the size of me, that's eating the same thing. So to be honest, that that not that one meal, but that compound effect effect of frequently eating really dense calorie foods and not moving about is what accumulates to people gaining weight. It's not people think yeah, it's. Do you know I mean people think it's a particular food or that food's fattening? You're like, no, yeah, that one's bad for you. This one's this. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, no, it's not. It's your habits. Like, if you aren't, if yeah. you aren't building up awareness and thing, you're not going to improve that. So, um, no, it's it, it's it's one of those ones where it's it's just trying to educate that to people. But there's just so much noise. It's hard. But it's getting out. It's people are brainwashed by marketing. Basically, it's just all marketing. You know. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's like a, a wire going straight into the into their neck from the TV, you know, so, and then all the celebrities and all this sort of stuff, you can't blame them for it because they're, they're no, just... No, I know, that definitely. Before, but at the same time, so you're trying to tell them this is not the way to do things or it's not, it's not, like, just exercising is not the way to do this, not the way to do that. No one wants to hear it because it doesn't, it's, it's not easy, you know, so yeah. it just, at the end of the day, you, like what I said, you can you can lead them to it, but they've got to be the one to then it eventually understand what's going on. And it takes time and it takes, it takes, going up and down and realizing they've, they've done well and then realizing they fucked up and all this sort of stuff. And then they come back and they go back. There was, my mom was going to Weight Watch, like even Weight Watchers and stuff like that. Like I was trying to then like explain like, you're not having the peas because there's a bit of butter in it, but you're going to have the plate of chips. There's less, there's less points yeah. in the chips. You're going to have chips instead of some peas and stuff like yeah. what? Like what, <laughs> what logic is this here? No, 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 it's this, not that. A woman would come and weigh in and be like, great, you've lost six pounds, yeah, I'm going on holiday, and then she'd come back. That sort of thing, she would just lose weight yeah. for like, going off somewhere, and then she'd put it back on. That was a thing. That was a, that was was She'd just like to do that. She'd go up and go down and go up and go Probably down. just starved herself for a couple of days and done a big yeah, shape before the weigh-in. The yo-yo <laughs> like, diet's even worse than just continuous fucking bad dieting, you know? So no. if you had just a shit diet constantly, if you're going up and down and up and down, you're really fucking your body up, you know? Yeah. Um, and I know from first hand, because that's what exactly what fighters are like. It's yo-yo. It's like... Yeah. yeah. Time of being just because you are generally lean, people don't see yeah. it as like... Because you're going from lean to lean. I pop up though. Like, we, would, we still joke about it now. Like, I would come into school uh, the week after a fight and I'd look like a different person. Like yeah. genuinely, and then it would all be water retention as well, and I'd puff up, yeah. and I'd be really, really like my cheeks would puff, and and uh, I'd come in with a steak bake and my energy drink. But the for the eight weeks before that, I was like a monk, and I'm like gone <laughs> and everything. Like, I'm in shape. I was like monk mode, nothing like no alcohol, no nothing, no like no takeouts, nothing like. I remember, I remember being really fucking pissed off at one of my mates because he had sandwich because he had carbs. I was like, that in front of me. <laughs> like and I got up and I left and I went and sat in the, the bathroom because it was quiet because it was like that was when that was just before that the really really uh, skinny fight they were all like what's in the, the Tupperware today and I'm like ah, I'm very good and I would leave because I was so irritable but um, it was when you would then go back up it would really fuck you up that week after that I went yeah. like Michelin and I was huge and I was having like acid reflux burps and stuff like that it was disgusting like I'd really put my body through the ringer but people are doing that, but micro, not so extreme, but they're still doing this up and down, and it's really uh, destructive, you know? Yeah, the reason the reason for anyone listening, the reason that, that initial weight gain happens as well, what uh, Spencer was mentioned there. So if you essentially um, 
cut weight. So if you go from 60-odd kilograms to which you will it down at 55, 53, essentially you require less calories to maintain. So your maintenance calories, let's say, for example, Spencer's maintenance calories were 3,000. When he was 50 versus 62 kilograms, let's say, for example, his maintenance calories were now 2,200 because of that huge change in actual weight, muscle, fat loss. Um, and then also that, because he was probably leading a low-carbohydrate diet, his body just quickly retained water as soon as he did consume. So the, a lot of the weight he would have seen in the first week would have been water retention. Yep, his skin would have blew yep. up because his muscles would have been more full. And just the fact that what he thought was normal before wasn't because his maintenance calories were more. So if anyone, like you see it, like it happens to bodybuilders the week after their show and stuff, like... That's why they say I talk about reverse dieting as well. And uh, the effects that it has on your body, like if you've been eating really low, you can actually be at risk of refeeding syndrome, which is not good for your body as well. Um, so, and Also, when we're cutting weight, it's, not, it's also a lot of water weight that we're losing as well. So your body, yeah. you're basically, you're at death's door. Basically, you're, deep, you're both calorie depleted and water depleted as well. Like you're, yeah. you're just, you're like a, a dehydrated prawn at this point. You're just yeah. high bone. So your body just then retains everything because your body basically thinking this. I'm holding on to this. Exactly. As soon as it gets water and as soon as it gets food, it's just going boom. Yeah. That's staying for the moment because we don't know when we're going to get this back. Oh, you know, it happens when you are, yeah, people could relate to this. It happens when you're hungover, you wake up in the morning, you're dehydrated yeah. and then you have a drink. Say, for example, you have something sugary, some carbohydrates and you're immediately like a balloon. Um, so because of that, it's that. So if you're yep. getting any before or after pictures, that's why, again, um, some bodybuilders have a glass of red wine and stuff the night before their show so that they wake up in the morning and they yeah, are depleted. So. And then when they do take carbs, they blow up a wee bit more. Um, so what does inspire, mate? We've literally, I've got another podcast in the next 15 minutes, so we might have to cut it a wee bit short. But, mate, honestly, it's been class, all the points we've been talking about here. What's your biggest mental, physical challenge since you stepped into this sport? Um, hmm. was it any fight like well, like see like in Rocky I know you, I know it's Thai boxing but like you ever seen like it's one of these big fights where it's like the, the famous scene where it's like someone's been I, killed I, or something Ivan Drago no they all everyone gets harder than the next like um, there was there was one where I fought in the middle of Bangkok uh, it was like 5,000 people in an outdoor event an arm, like uh, an army show so it was like all, all the guys were fighting with military um, and I don't know why, but I just shat myself before. I was like, fuck, what am I doing with my life? Like, what is, like, why didn't I just choose a normal job, you know? Yeah. And then they got to the ring and then they announced the guy, it was a foreign guy. I don't know why I was so nervous, but I had a lot of pressure on before because a lot of people were riding on, there was gambling, I think, and stuff like this. And and sometimes just the, the nerves hit you at times and it's good, it's a good thing. And then they called out his name and there was like 125 fights and I stood in the middle of the ring and I looked over it my coaches and even there went oh shit 125 fights and I'm standing there with like 25 going right okay and then the, the bell goes walk in the lamp on one in the chin and then his eyes went oh and they started running I went 125 fights my ass so I started chasing them so then you realise it's quick again it's not so much the fight itself isn't so much the, the scariest part because it's the lead up to it the five minutes before it 20 seconds the 10 seconds the 5 seconds and as soon as you leap over the rope you're, you're, in, you're in heaven everything's gone now you know if you're still nervous in there then you know something's up but the more the more the, the biggest struggles or anything like that are more outside of the ring it's in the gym it's in it's the day to day toil it's the day to day work um, 
and then just things that come in like this head like if I hadn't done the work on myself like I've been reading I've been a, a voracious reader for the past three years in Bangkok you know and I've been studying and studying and studying because I, I wasn't at university so I thought well this is my university now I'm going to educate myself I've got free time so I'm going to develop myself here if I didn't do that I would probably have a lot worse of a time when adversity would come to me like I was uh, studying stoic philosophy and stuff like, that, like completely stoicism. like stoicism all this sort of things like like completely left wing left, completely off to the side that you wouldn't normally think of of, of doing I was doing and, and it helped this the times when I had to just focus on what was in my control and leave everything out of it like I turned up to a fight one time when I was five minutes. I was the next fight, and the next the, the fight that was on right now was in the first round. And it was only a three-round fight, and they all shit themselves. Where, where have you been? Where have you been? Fucking get in. Go, 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 go. And I'm like, oh. And I had to say to myself, right, if you panic here, like, we're done. And this was the MMA gloves. It was against ties. It was like they were, again, it was on live TV, million people watching and stuff like this. Like, you can't, like, you cannot panic now. I just said to myself, you cannot panic. Let everyone else panic for you. Stoicism. Focus on what's in your control. What's in your control? Right. Breathing. Don't panic. <laughs> Breathe. Right. Hand here. They're wrapping my hand. One guy's oiling me here. The other guy's put my, my groin guard on, fucking ripping it through my soul. And uh, put my shorts on, standing there, gloves on. Before I knew it, I was standing out in front of the ring. Oh, right. Okay, I'm here. Then all of a sudden, I needed the toilet. And <laughs> then you're going, right. Don't shit yourself on live TV. <laughs> so you just have to, you have to, you have to just get yourself in that mindset. You go through the ropes, knock the boy out in, in the first round. Happy days. If I panicked, then that wouldn't have. I know that wouldn't have uh, happened the, the way it did. You know. So you've got to. You've, I would say just. I can't specifically make one, one thing that was the the hardest thing to do because it was just so. There's just so many, and it got harder and harder and harder and harder because the fights get harder. So. The prep gets harder, the the, the the struggles get harder. You know, the, the higher's are higher and the lower's are lower. You know, so there's not one specific one I can I can point out, but they all com- compound and you get lessons from each and you move forward with it. If you don't take the lessons from each, that's when you start getting into some trouble. So um, yeah, basically like all of that has now been a lesson to where I am now, where this sideline me with my head, especially with your head, that can cause you a lot of problems in your own head. And it's not like I've just taken this on the chin and I've just walked right through it. I've been up and down and up and down and I'm still going through it, you know. And um, even past couple of weeks, realised, wait a minute, you've, you've been going out a bit too many, time, too many times. You've been going to too many dates, too many drinks. Right, okay, slow yourself down here. Like you're, 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 you're trying to mask something here that you're not addressing to yourself. Right, okay. Took, my step, took a step back. Right, okay, now I see it. Calm down, move on. Reflection, so, mate. Yeah, just being being in touch with yourself and and understanding, trying to understand who you are and, and how you how you respond to adversity. If you don't know how you respond to adversity, you're going to be in trouble because when something real bad happens and you don't know what to do, you're not going to handle it very well. So I, I think now, um, I feel like an old man saying this, but I think a lot of people are not socially like because of phones and stuff. People aren't socially like a lot of people will like. I, I train with a lot of different ages and stuff, but you got a lot of people that can't even make eye contact with you when you talk mm-hmm. to you. And as a result of that, they'll just literally, instead of trying to face issues, a lot of people just put them behind them. And as you said, when now when someone's faced with adversity, it's like you look like you've asked someone to run a marathon when th- there's not a lot being asked. And I think like 
that I think to me personally, like doing a lot of the things that I do and challenging myself and being the type of person that I am, it's because I've got the fear behind me that something's going to come my way one day that I'm not able to do. So having that, like, as you were saying, like that little mental check, I remember last year I sprained my ankle and couldn't go out run as much, couldn't go out and do things I enjoyed doing, conditioning work. Well, I probably could do certain things, but I didn't. And I was, I was drinking more. And then you have to have that wee mental whip, be like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on here? Are you... Catch yeah, you need to just catch yourself. So um, it's good that you have that, mate. That's a good thing. But I think what that will come with is the self-development, reading and stuff, learning about stoicism. Stoicism is interesting. One of the best things I've heard is you are the average of the five people you spend most time around. Yeah. That doesn't have to be your mates. It doesn't have to be someone alive. It could be people that are like, it could be a stoic philosopher like Marcus Aurelius. It could be all these. I was, when I heard that, I looked around and I went, people I'm spending most of my time around I don't particularly want to be around yeah. like and and, and in, spe- in Thailand I was with the Thais and we we're just training all the time and nothing else was happening I'm going well I'm not like no <laughs> right so I dived into my reading right well and then do things like Tim Ferriss is really good he's like one of these polymaths that you, you learn a lot from these guys that can do a lot of different things and that's what I heard it from him you are the average of the five people you spend most of your time around and that makes you really start to look at like well, who, where, where, where am I spending my time? What am I doing with my time? Who am I hanging around with? What am I doing? You know, it's one thing. Yeah, you can hang around with your friends and be like, still be sociable, but like the time that you have with your, yourself, how do you use that? You know, fear yeah. setting things like that. He goes on about doing things that you would never normally do because you're too scared to do it. Going up to Starbucks and asking for twenty five percent off. People think that sounds like it's nothing, you know, or ten percent off. Can I go? And, can I get a discount, please? But until you go and you're about to go and say it, and you go. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. And you go off and you realise it was the scariest thing ever. You're pacing up and down, going yeah. asking for a girl number. You know, I was in a bar with my mate and the, the bartender and we were like, she's nice. Okay, well, ask her a name. I was like, oh, I can't do that. I know. Can't ask her a name. Ask her a name. Like, and then eventually, right, okay. What's your name? Like, yeah. you seem familiar, blah, blah, blah. And then you ask her a name and you realise, oh, that wasn't so bad. Then you end up getting, then you can grab a number. You can do this, you can do that. And you re- then you can get that bit of confidence, confidence in you. Yeah. Confidence derives from competency, right? If people aren't competent, then they're not. Then they're not confident. If you if you if you're competent, if you're confident without competency, you're arrogant, which is just delusion, you know. So, it's it's putting yourself in these situations, and when you become more competent, then you become more confident. As a result, then you can stand back with your uh, stand straight with your shoulders back. Guys like Jordan Peterson learn these sort of things. Take these these lessons from people who who are educated and who are like, who are equipped to give you that advice, you know, not fucking joke in the street, you know? So definitely like just educate us. A lot of people just are going through things and just seeing things on TikTok rather than actually just taking the time and, and getting some information, you know, doing it yourself rather than just being spoon fed everything. Yeah. Taking a bit of responsibility. No, definitely, mate. Um, it's one of those things I'm always like, I always, now I always look at things very, very, I used to be, I think in the gym, you see this quite a lot, this bro science and a lot of people yeah. are just, now I'm always like, think about what the principles are and come up with an answer from there. Do you know what I mean? Don't look at like, a lot of folk are always getting hung up in things like the movement, the exercise, the rep range, and you're like, it's the principles. Follow them exactly. and you pull the boxes. Like, looking at, the, looking at the, the tip of the iceberg and not the actual foundation. The wrong things. And uh, yeah, so to finish off, mate, what's your plans now? Like, obviously, you can't really control a, a worldwide pandemic, but what's your plans now with um, Thai boxing and your career and stuff? 
Well, with Thai boxing, everything's like no one really knows what's what's going on at the moment. My plan would be like these flashes of are. It's very it's, it dips and troughs. It's like it's peaks and troughs as well, you know. So like recently, it's been doing really well. This past month, last last month, it was there was like two weeks where it was really bad. I'm like fuck, we're going back. We're we're back to square one again. Um, so I just need to kind of like take myself back and again just be relaxed and reduce stress and allow this to, to subside. My my plan is like I then I don't want to put months and dates in anything. Then can you start stressing towards yeah. that? But mid mid next year, I want to be back in the ring. Um, and I'm get I'm keeping myself in shape and put myself in shape. I'm gonna start. I lost a good bit of weight. Like I, I I've dropped down. I'm I'm really quite uh, lean at the moment, quite light at the moment. But uh, that was my plan anyway, was to, to just cut down. I was doing a lot of fasting. I was doing a lot of just just nothing, not not uh, not putting so much stress on my body in terms of just constant feeding, constant uh, trauma. So um, I'm going to build myself back up a wee bit and then uh, just take take it a day at a time at the moment. I'm doing I'm doing some work with Yoka at the moment, uh, building up this Yoka fit that we're going to be doing. Um, so I've got I've got I've got uh, I've got something to focus on. And uh, I can put my energy towards, and then um, I'll be flying back out to Thailand, I, either this year, depending if I can get back before Christmas. If not, it'll be the first of next uh, next year to do filming and stuff like that, and then go and train with the guys again. Um, but I'll be spending most of my time in, in Glasgow for the foreseeable. And um, so yeah, so basically, just I'm just taking it uh, days, weeks at a time, and uh, keeping stress low, training, and just enjoying it, you know, for 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 what it is. And then once things open up as a result of COVID, then we can we can really focus on that. But at the moment, I'm not focusing on that because there's nothing I can do to change it, you know. So, that, mate, definitely. No, um, no, I don't have anything else to add on, mate. Um, it's again controlling the controllables, mate. Um, yeah. I was going to say, um, thank you very much for coming on today, mate. It's been awesome to have you on. It's been a really good chat. Um, very light-minded, mate. And it's nice. It's always it's always a people always take a lot from it. Um from these sort of chats as well I hope they do me talking shit but um, no I mean if anyone gets even a smidgen out of it like it, again I don't like to bullshit and I don't like to I don't like to give false hope or this or that being like oh you can do it like of course you can but you've just got to be the one to fucking to, to do it you know and be very honest with yourself I'm not going to be going to sugarcoat anything for you you know because you're going to get in trouble if you do if you, if you don't sorry so I hope people I hope people take it and put carry that weight on your shoulder. You know, do something that's difficult and and push forward. Carry that responsibility. Carry that 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 boulder on you and and push forward, and not just not just wait for someone else to do it for you. You know, so a bit of practical advice, but something that's tried and tested. And it, I mean, it's worked for me. And it's worked for a lot of people that I know that have been in similar situations. So no, definitely just cut the BS and move forward good work ethic mate um, uh, thanks very much anyway so before I do go on the podcast guys make sure that you are obviously screenshotting it and tagging us both in it it's always good to get that out um, so thanks very much mate and I'll catch you, catch you in a bit guys bye